And we're back for another episode of Startup Hustle, a podcast for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs. If you want to start, own, or build a business, then you're in the right place. We bring you the real truth about what it's like to take something from concept to launch, from growth, innovation, experience, failing, or winning big, we've got you covered. So let's get down to business with another episode of Startup Hustle, brought to you by Fullscale.io. And we're back. Another episode of Startup Hustle. Matt DeCourcy here to have another conversation that I'm hoping helps your business grow. Now, many of you have heard of the law of attraction. You may have heard of the law of attraction first by a book that came out called The Secret. It wasn't much of a secret after it came out. Now, the law of attraction is related to getting the things that you want into your life by attracting them through thought and other stuff. But guess what? That's not what we're going to talk about today. We're actually going to talk about separating yourself from the pack. Now, with me today, I've got Andrew Kaplan, and Andrew's the founder and CEO of the Shatter the Mold podcast. He's also the author of the last Law of Attraction book you'll ever need to read. Now, before we get to hearing what Andrew has to say, I wanted to let you know that today's episode of Startup Hustle is brought to you by Tesseract Ventures. They help companies become smarter, better connected, and more efficient through next-generation robotics, 21st century software, and radically connected platforms. You can visit tesseractventures.io to learn more or just click the link in the show notes. And speaking of clicking links in the show notes, you will find some for today's guest, Andrew. Welcome to Startup Hustle. Matt, thanks so much for having me, my friend. I'm really excited to be here with you today. I have a question. Did you attract being this being a guest on today's show into your life? I, I did of, of using the law of attraction. I, I, well, so yes and no, because I think there's, it's kind of like a misnomer, the law of attraction. A lot of people assume that it's about, uh, you know, sitting on your couch, doing nothing until things magically appear. And I say there's value in sitting on the couch, but it's more because you're opening up uh, your energy. And if you don't believe in energy, you're basically opening up your subconscious mind to come for a course of action. I found my way here because I so happened to see a post of yours on Facebook and I reached out to you and made a connection. So I took action, but I don't believe yeah. I would have seen that post. I don't believe I would have seen that opportunity if I wasn't already in the mode and the mindset of wanting to be on other podcasts and share my, you know, my insights and my knowledge with other people because I'm busy having other people on my podcast. So it was the intention that I took combined with the forward action that got me here today. Yeah. And, you know, and I mentioned at the top of the show, you know, the, uh, you know, we're talking about separating yourself from the pack and you wrote a book, the, the last law of attraction, you'll ever uh, law of attraction book you'll ever need to read. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like that's, that's kind of on the, uh, you know, that's a discussion and a topic that a lot of people have had. Uh, I've, I've explored the subject. I actually feel pretty good about the, the law of attraction. I think a lot of it comes down to the fact that if you need to be focused on the things that you want and when you are and you believe that they can occur, you have a much higher likelihood of having these things occur. Now, as mentioned, we're going to talk about separating ourselves from the pack. So when you have okay so it's really funny because most business books self-help all that stuff i mean they're they're 
they're in, often just saying the same things in different ways. We find our own take. In my book, Balance Me, I, I, many people said, oh, you wrote a book about life balance. Well, not really. I mean, I, I kind of did and kind of didn't. I wrote a book about how to get the things that you want out of life, but you put your own spin on it. So let's talk a little bit about how you're doing that and how you're separating yourself from the pack in this area and with your content. Oh, for sure. And, you know, it's it's in the title and it's also in what you said a minute ago where you're like, listen, I got this figured out. It's as simple as X, Y, Z. And you're correct. The problem is uh, most people don't have your level of focus or commitment in the sense that they bounce from book to book to book in the law of attraction and, and a whole bunch of other stuff, whether it's marketing or weight loss or whatever. But they they go book to book to book to book. They get all this amazing information that's, by the way, accurate before they ever get to my book. And they never do anything about it. So in my regard, in terms of separating myself from the pack, where I obviously laid down this challenge in the title itself, I'm like, listen, I'm going to explain the law of attraction and I'm going to give people a bunch of awesome methods that they can use to implement. But I'm also going to address the procrastination, the, the, the reason that people don't actually take this information and use it most of the time and instead hop on to another book or another program. I'm going to separate myself from the pack by actually putting that challenge. And if they want to read more, fine, but it's going to be the last one they'll ever need to read. That's why I put the word need in there. How can I make sure that I'm actually different in that way? So you're talking about taking a topic and finding a new way to create value with it. Is that the first step in separating yourself from the pack? Absolutely. And, and, and well, and new value. I love the way you said that because um, we were just kind of saying before we even hopped on here, a lot of people, they like to take a topic and they like to have a unique spin for the sake of having a unique spin. But if that new spin doesn't actually create value, you're only under the illusion that you're actually doing something healthy for your business. And like you said, it's about the unique creation of value in and of itself. Sure. And, you know, when it comes to separating yourself from the pack, I mean, I have a little, exper a little experience doing this with Full Scale, and that's the company that I own with my often co-host, Matt Watson. And, you know, we sell tech services. We, we uh, help companies build development teams. And it is certainly not a unique service offering. I mean, meaning there are other companies that on the outside, from the outside looking in, appear to offer the same kind of service. So some of the ways that we've separated ourselves from the pack is doing things actually quite different. And you can have a similar service offering or a similar message. You need to either do something radically different or do something that is proven out by yourself. Meaning like we say that full scale is built by founders for founders, because it was, it was built out of us solving problems that we found frustration with and that other people in the industry had voiced frustration with largely related to communication and for example, we give our, our clients have direct line of sight. They work directly with the teams and guide their development process, mm -hmm. which is not normally the way that people do things with offshore outsource type companies. So we realized we weren't providing any value. And I think that, you know, I'm, and I'm kind of playing off your creating value statement and that we had to find another way of creating value. In this case, it was actually removing ourselves from the chain of communication. Okay. So what's, what are some other ways that you've separated yourself from the pack when it comes to your book and your message? Right. Well, it's, and by the way, this is obviously an overarching thing. So there's, there's specific ways in which it can manifest, but you, you've got to 
not be scared to break your own rules because like we, we all read marketing books and we all read sales books and we all read business books and we see ways by which people succeed and we without even realizing it we often come up with rules that we don't want to break because we think something's going to go wrong for instance one of the ways by which i get attention on my book is i literally repurpose the content i take stuff from the book and I rephrase it in a more consumable way in I'm posting to Facebook groups related to the law of attraction, because like most people like, oh, you're just a hack. You know, this is out there already. Like I may be a hack, but it's it's my material. I'm hacking my own material. So <laughs> you can't really accuse me for, you know, for being unoriginal here. And again, you know, these are people that have not bought the book. They've not been on Amazon. They're not aware of it, but they do love the law of attraction. So why wouldn't I for free? give them value without even, I don't even, cause you know, we know what Facebook groups are. You can't link, you can't promote yourself. I'm not even promoting myself in those groups. All I'm doing is, is giving a huge value ad. And if people are curious enough after that to click on my profile, then they'll see the book. Then they'll see all the reviews that I put on my profile and all those things. But really I'm just putting value forth and, and breaking that rule of not worrying about if people have heard it before in the book. And it's same with my YouTube channel that's supporting this. I'm giving new methods and methods that are already in the book because I don't care that it's we kind of like been there, done that. This is about having consumable information, knowing that people consume information in certain ways. Like for YouTube, people just like to watch those videos and and take, you know, those seven to 10 minute chunks and implement it. Or if nothing else, just be entertained by it and then go about their day. Yeah, and I, you know, I I can I can bite into that consumption statement because people do, and I've spent a lot of time on the show talking about uh, communicating with people the way that they want to be heard or the way that they hear things. And you know, you have so many different personality types, different belief structures, a lot of different stuff. And basically, uh, you know, what we're talking about when we say separating yourself from the pack is differentiation, and differentiation is the product, the product, the process of making a product different from other similar products. And, you know, it's a crowded world out there. There's a, it's a crowded space, whether you're building software, writing a book, trying to make a product, you know, you're going to have a lot of competition. I've been joking that I believe that original ideas were exhausted um, a <laughs> while ago. And it's, it's kind of funny because a lot of stuff is, and it, you know, I mean, it, it comes down to semantics and like how we're going to, phrase and present and look it doesn't matter whether you're listening to andrew kaplan reading his book or a lot of other people like it is it's about the way that the different messengers package it up and change it now you know there's a it's sometimes the best way to do it is to actually just be radically different you know mm -hmm. and it can be a similar message and you see a lot of that and that you'll get a lot of a lot of people that are delivering messages and they're just like Hey, you know, we're going to completely disrupt the way that this has gone. So, so the question is, is do you, all right. So when it comes to some of the stuff you're doing and the organic traffic or attention that you're getting, I mean, what it, do you, you talk about being personally involved or getting that message out, how, how is, that's going to have some challenges when it comes to scalability, how are you planning on addressing that down the road? Right. Well, so I kind of view it right now as like, this is all about planting seeds, meaning like from a scalability standpoint, getting to the YouTube channel, um, you could have one person existing who has millions of followers. I mean, the, the or million subscribers. The thing that's gonna be tough for me is because I personally answer all the emails that come in. So there'll come a point where I'm driving myself crazy on that and I have to figure something out. But I think the to answer your question, this is about being on platforms and being in formats 
where scaling is almost inherent to the process. You know, more people like more people are going to join those law of attraction groups and see those posts and more people hopefully are going to subscribe to the YouTube channels, kind of like picking and choosing those places where you plant all these seeds. So even if you don't plant them in the same way, there's still fruit. Like, to be honest, when I first started with the Facebook stuff, I did it day after day after day after day after day. But then I pounded, um, I, I shoved it down so many th the throats of so many groups. Facebook thought I was like a robot and they banned me for 14 days and it broke the pattern. And then after that, I would post like once a month because it wasn't in my rhythm anymore. But by that same token, I had built so much positive goodwill and positive word of mouth and so many positive Amazon reviews that people were willing to give it a shot on their own and telling their friends. So a lot of this stuff is you almost kill yourself not caring about the scaling at one point on certain things because they'll still grow in other ways. And then you can reassess how you want to scale later on. Yeah. And, you know, that's always, uh, you know, one of the, I mean, one of the ways is to create is to build your own tribe. Yes. And, you know, that when, and that's, and that's a lot, when I say build your own tribe, you know, Seth Godin had a book, has a book out called tribes. And, you know, for me, in my opinion, if you want to join the startup hustle tribe, come join the startup hustle chat, which we started a long time ago and forgot about, and we have reinvigorated the startup spirit in that group. But some of that was out of a desire to form our own community. And, mm -hmm. you know, that's sometimes tough. You're talking about being involved in other people's communities, and then you got to try to build your own. Now, if you're going to take it, and that's, this is one way to separate yourself from the pack is, is a tribe building approach. So the, and the concept of tribe building, you, your goal is to create an environment in which those that are participating find as much value in each other as they do at whatever top level content that is. And, and, you know, uh, it, it's not just about like having a Facebook group and like actually one of the examples that Godin uses in his book is the grateful dead. Mm -hmm. And they had built a tribe basically because they were, everyone was coming there and the music was the top level thing, but they found as much, these people travel all over the world, all over the country religiously because they want to see each other out in the parking lot as much as they care about the show. Some of the people don't even give a shit about going in the show. They're there for the other people that are there. Yes. So, you know, that's an example of, and, and, you know, ways that, you know, the internet has been assisting with this for years. Uh, you know, Facebook groups are, are pretty popular now because they make it pretty easy to get that started. We've had all kinds of forums and different stuff in the past. In regards to that, what kind of stuff have you found success with and where I, I know you mentioned, you know, being a little too robotic might might get you Facebook slapped. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Where where have you found success, and, uh, and and are you working on building your own tribe? Yeah. So actually, um, and in this answer, I'm going to include um, exclusive for your listeners. I've never shared this before. I'm going to tell you how I got around the robot, the robotics, which um, we'll see how long it lasts. But but to answer your question first, um, for me, first of all, again, separating yourself from the pack is also understanding like who you are and what your level of bandwidth and energy and passion is. The reason I don't have a Facebook group is because I've recognized I don't have the bandwidth to maintain it in the way that I would be separating myself from the pack and giving them a unique experience. So my tribes, even though they're not as interactive as what would be on a Facebook group, is the email list that I'm building of people so I can communicate and the YouTube channel. But um, for me, and again, before we get to the whole Facebook trick I have here, um, it really comes down to 
um, an authentic desire to make people feel good through what they're doing in this experience. Again, whether they're in a law of attraction group, they're in a marketing group, they're in a Facebook group. It's just about them being, you know, like enjoying that process, regardless of how many people or how few they're communicating with. It's like, so for me, what I really do um, personally is like in my emails that I send out, I don't even keep myself trapped or zeroed in with my own content. Sometimes I'll share uh, YouTube uh, videos that have nothing to do with me, but still everything to do with the law of attraction or some kind of lesson or some th kind of thing that's going to perk them up. Um, to deliver on my promise about the little trick that for Facebook, um, what I do, what I've been doing is I will prepare um, what I hope is a really huge value add post. And then I come up with three different starting sentences for it. And I begin the posts in three different ways and different combinations. And I alternate three to four to five photos with each one. And so far, again, we don't know how, how long it'll take for the AI to keep up. But so far with that, I'm able to keep posting in group after group after group after group after group. And I'm not getting any slaps or any issues anymore. Sure. And, you know, the, I mean, I'll give you a couple of examples. So we, I mentioned the startup hustle uh, chat community. Some of the things we do there is like, it, you know, we're not, that group doesn't exist for us to just post what today's episode was. It was, it's more so to invoke and excite some kind of conversation. Um, and, you know, we do actually in that, in that group uh, have to approve the post because every day I have a couple that I don't approve or we don't approve because they're shilly. Mm -hmm. And they're not really, you know, tribe building in that way. So it has to do something. You have to it, getting people to respond, reply or interact with stuff on the Internet is difficult. And so, for example, we have like little question cards and they look like business cards and uh, we have a cadence. So we'll post a couple of those a week. Like today's will be what should you do more of just in general. And, you know, we'll get probably 30 or 40 comments uh, based on that, sometimes we put up polls and different stuff and we think it out and we do it, we make it, you know, it should be a variety of stuff. And then occasionally, um, our different hosts will, uh, post the thumbnail for the episode that had just come out today and invite and invoke conversation around the topic, which is, which creates a sense of community when you have people. All right. So if you've made a good social media post, that's going to differentiate you from, others, you're going to get interaction and you're going to have people that are commenting and talking to each other within the comments, uh, just as much as they are, uh, answering whatever call to action that's been in there. So, you know, and that's kind of, and I think the first key when you're trying to do that is if the, if the default answer for whatever you've posted is who cares, Hmm. then no one's going to interact and right. you got to have some kind of, uh, you have to have some kind of, you know, like I said, uh, uh, all right. So one of the, and this was just goofing around, but on my, on my personal Facebook, one of the things I, I put in there, I said, make me choose between two bands. And, <laughs> uh, you know, so people will be like Pantera or Metallica. And I'm like, Pantera. You know, and then you get all these people commenting and, and it's funny because that was probably the most commented uh, social media posts that I've had in 2020 because I got into the hundreds because people were then arguing over which was which. Now, you know, I know that that's not uh, I mean, maybe that is differentiation. The fact it, it, it certainly was 
was a step towards tribe building because you have people interacting with each other uh, under the the top level thing. So, yeah. you know, as far as differentiation goes, I mean, there's a there's a, a lot of different things that need to occur. Now with products, it can be as simple as packaging. Um, you know, sometimes with a book, it can be the difference in its cover. Uh, podcasts, uh, now that there are so many of them, it's often the name. Um, mm-hmm. It could be it could be the the subject matter. Um, I mean, and it, you know, overall, you got to have some kind of differentiation strategy at your business, which you know is an approach to you know developing business by providing your customers or clients or viewers, listeners, whoever, with something unique, different, or distinct from items their competitor your competitors may offer, and. Mm-hmm. You know, that's going to be a never ending challenge. It's going to, uh, and sometimes it's about simplicity and you look at, all right, so milk, milk is something that everybody, most, almost everybody has in their refrigerator. So one of the more, okay, if I said got milk, would you remember that ad campaign from years ago? Yeah, absolutely. Are you old enough to remember where's the beef from Wendy's? I I do. (laughs) I do. And you... Can you hear? Can you hear me now? Uh, I mean, you know, yeah, yeah. like, so it's interesting to hear you say this, Matt, because you're actually you're touching on something in all of these, um, which, by the way, is touching on your original question of how you're differentiating yourself and where you're talking. You were talking about, you know, your company's by founders, for founders. This all comes down to human experience. So when you're talking about like differentiating yourself. If you're trying to separate yourself in a specific marketplace, I believe it's about looking at what those competitors are already doing and what the human experience, what the emotional experience, like what is coming out, what is being elicited by your competition that you can improve upon or differentiate yourself from. Like, you know, tactically speaking, I don't know how many people here know who um, who David D'Angelo is, which is basically the, um, you know, synonymous name from Eben Pagan, a marketing genius. And this was back when things were... Uh, a little less politically correct than he was teaching dating pickup advice. And he came up this, with this thing called cocky funny for guys. And um, I, I remember studying, I always loved studying marketing, whether it was like, I don't care if it was dating advice or it was weight loss. I love studying these great marketers. And I got in his mailing list and I saw how these guys would share all these stories of using this cocky method tactic and how their results were amazing. And I thought to myself, what David D'Angelo slash Evan Pagan achieved here was a paradigm shift. He basically gave people a new way of looking at an old topic, a new experience, a new level of hope into their result. I accomplished that in my book with, again, I explain how why people don't implement law of attraction so that they can actually do it because none of those other books address it. Um, again, you were talking about like, you know, um, the, the, the differentiation, excuse me, the differentiation of bands. What you were doing, I believe, and you'll correct me if I'm wrong, you were showing people how to make engagement work. And that came from your intent of having to help these people. That came from intent of your actual mission. So you differentiated yourself through the beginning intent of being someone that's actually genuinely helping these people and serving them and giving value from this unique perspective of being by founders for founders. And it kind of bled into what you did automatically, whether, I mean, you probably realized it, but most people, they do it without even realizing they're offering so much value and separating themselves from the pack automatically. Uh, it's interesting you said that because I actually did make that post because someone that I mentor, I was, uh, I was, it, it was someone that, and I'm not going to get too far into it because I don't want to 
break the trust factor that exists there. But I was trying to teach this person how to do a better job of gaining engagement. And my point was, it was really about simplicity. Mm. And I said, you got to give people something to react to. Otherwise you shouldn't, you shouldn't, uh, you shouldn't expect a reaction. And, you know, I, and I, I literally said, watch this. And I went to Canva and made a very simple, uh, post. It said, make me choose between two bands and just had like a couple little background images in it. And, you know, like, and I immediately got play on it. I mean, a ton. And, you know, that was the whole point is like, if you want something, you need to ask for something. And, you know, that was the whole thing. So it's like whether, and you you talked about getting involved in Facebook groups or something like that. That's actually the way that I got this podcast to gain traction almost immediately. And it wasn't, it wasn't saying, it wasn't by telling people something to do. It was asking for something in return. It would, Mm. Hey, listen to my new podcast. I think you'll like it. That's not, you're not going to get a reaction from that. You would get a reaction from, Hey, I've just launched a new podcast. I've got our first five episodes up. Here's a link. I would really love some feedback about what you like or don't like about the show. And that, that kind of, that kind of post and that kind of interaction is, I mean, now here's the thing. You also have to be ready for what's going to come back and what people are going to ask. Now, Mm -hmm. before we get too too far into this episode, do you believe that there's nothing more human than technology? Because if you do go check out the inventors, engineers, and creatives and see what they're building over at tesseractventures.io from robots to flexible tech solutions for construction and beyond the Tesseract team dreams it and makes it come to life. And you talk about differentiation. I mean, that's a company that is making everything from toys to robots, super cool with the way that they, uh, the way that they create and differentiate stuff. For, For example, they have a, uh, a toy product called Nanables that my kids love. It's a, it's a little house and it has a hole. And, it, and you look in and you can see a whole new world in the house. It also has a mobile app. And my kids just sit there and like drive their character all around these new worlds and do all different kinds of stuff. And, you know, I've, uh, you talk about that differentiation. I mean, it's one thing to have a toy that you can look inside. It's another thing to have an app that that lets you know, people play and you, you talk, I mean, that's differentiation right there. It's one, like I said, it's one thing to have a toy. It's another thing to have the app that goes with it and creating something that has that higher level. Now we were also talking about getting people involved. That's getting people involved. Like you have to have the tools and you have to have the things. Uh, I think one thing that I've learned when it comes to market differentiation and getting people involved is you can't just expect that they'll do it. It has to all be invoked. Um, You need to light the fuse. Uh, Your tribe isn't going to build itself. You're not going to differentiate. You're not going to just differentiate automatically. You got to put some, some uh, planning into it. So as you were writing your book, did you, I mean, were you thinking the whole time, Hey, I've really got to put a different spin on this. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, I came up with the title. It's funny. Some people write books and they come up with the title later and some people have it going in. I had this title going in, meaning I had this grand challenge because the thing about it is if the book sucked, people were going to find out quick. I needed an actual level of quality that was going to stand up to the title so that Amazon reviews would come in. They would actually be good ones. So in every aspect of writing it, um, the number one thing that I had was like, again, I, I knew that I was going to explain the law of attraction. But I wanted to say it in a reframe 
in a way, in a slight way that people have not heard before. And there's a reason behind that. And it goes hand in hand with the slight reframe on the methods that I offered. And it goes hand in hand with um, explaining why people procrastinate. Because what I wanted to do, knowing, again, going back to differentiation is through human experience, is I wanted to wake people up that had read so many countless law of attraction books and just crack the door just open enough so that people would give themselves just enough permission to actually do the methods from the book in the way they never did in any of the other books so that experientially they would actually feel a difference and receive a difference. And then that would be the positive word of mouth. That would be the positive review. That would be them telling all their friends. That would be the, the success of it right then and there. From the very beginning, I wanted to have a different human experience, meaning I almost had to treat it as I was a copywriter. I, it was The book is basically long form copy not to convince them to buy something because they already bought the book, but to convince them to buy into themselves and give themselves the opportunity to use this in the way they never have before. That was that reframe and that new perspective was what I wanted to do from the very beginning. And again, I believe you don't have to write a book to do that. You can do it in your company. You can do it in your product, in your service. You want to give people a, a an experiential uh, feeling of getting something new by using your product or service that they could not get anyplace else. You know, I probably should have mentioned this a little earlier. Maybe I'm just not doing my job today. But, you know, at, at the point that we're recording this, your book is the number one bestseller in energy and healing. Mm -hmm. And you have 572 ratings at a 4.7 average, which I'll tell you what, as someone who's written multiple books, uh, all of that's a lot. Yes. You know, I mean, it's a lot of, it's a lot of reviews. I mean, so my last book has 34 reviews on it. And honestly, that's not a small number either. Now, you know, you, you talk about the, the accessibility to publishing and all the different things that you can do. I mean, that someone's reading the book. So congratulations on that. Thank you. Um, you know, over a million new books come out every year. And, you know, I, that's, we've, I've done episodes with my author or excuse me, with our, my editor, um, and different folks about publishing books. And I, you know, you talk about different, a need for differentiation. Oh my. Um, and, a, a, you know, keep, keep in mind. So one thing with books is it's not like Taylor Swift tickets going on sale where they're going to run out really quickly. And the faster you buy, the better spot you get. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, people know that books are out there. They'll always be out there and they don't run out. Um, so when you stack over a million new titles on the history of literature, I think I looked at one point and I'm sure it's so much higher than that. There was like 40 or 50 million titles I believe on it. Amazon. Yeah. So, you know, you, and you know, some of it, and we'll talk about a, a little, I, I mentioned differentiation sometimes about, uh, you know, talk about a cover of a book. And I always, I like to share a funny story because we, talk about how we fail a lot on this podcast. And I had, uh, <laughs> I'd written my first book. I've been working with Patrick Price, who's a very well-known editor. He's been the editor of a dozen New York times bestsellers. Go to askabookeditor.com to uh, find Patrick. But um, I, I had paid someone $600 to design a cover and, he, and I, I, I loved it. I thought it was great. And I sent it over to Patrick and he laughed at me. And I was like, what's up? He goes, this is fucking horrible. And I was like, <laughs> why? He goes, have you shrunk this down to the size of a thumbnail and looked mm -hmm. at it? And the moment he said that, I was like, 
oh, I knew it. I just knew <laughs> exactly what it was. And, and you know, that's part of what, why finding and hiring an expert is sometimes a good idea. But I actually look at your cover and it pops, you know, like I can read it. It says the last law of attraction book you'll ever need to read. It's in multiple colors and it stands out on a, a simple black background. And like I said, sometimes the simplicity of stuff is that, you know, that's why I mentioned got milk, yeah. you know, or where's the beef. You look back at the most memorable things and they are simple and they do stand out. So yeah, that's uh, and like I said that, well, that book cover went in the trash and then I then paid <laughs> someone $1,200 to make me the correct one. And I used that same designer for the next two. So I, I, I amortized that $600 failure over three books. And, yeah, and it, I'm sure it made its money back like, well, just say it was a hard lesson to learn, but it made you a lot of money on the fact. And I really appreciate you mentioning the thumbnail thing, because that is exactly what I had in mind when I designed the book. Because I had published books before on Amazon. By the way, people look this up. They're not going to find Andrew Kaplan. I had to shorten my name to Andrew Cap because there already is an Andrew Kaplan publishing fiction mm. books or something. And I didn't want to confuse the marketplace. So you're not even going to find Andrew Kaplan. You find Andrew Cap. But I've done other books uh, synonymously. And I learned quick, you know, Amazon's going to shrink that down. Like, I don't want my book to look good just in the listing. I want it to look good when it's like, if you're interested in this, you might like this. Because that's where I get a lot of people. I get a lot of people, they tell me, oh, I bought Abraham Dix, I bought The Secret, I bought this, and I saw your book with it, and it just popped. And that's what I wanted. I wanted multicolors. I wanted it easy to read. I wanted people to know exactly what it was. And because it was such a long title, I had to accept the fact, like, I'm not going to have any fancy image here that's going to draw the eye because that's going to detract from all the wording. So I had to choose. It's just going to be the words. I didn't even put my name on the cover. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, that's, it's like I said, and, and I'll tell you what, I mean, this, the space that you're in too, it's pretty crowded. Um, that was mm -hmm. one of the things when I published balance me that I had to go through. And I, I'll tell you, uh, anytime you, you write a book or offer subject matter related to someone changing or giving them advice on how to live their life, you put yourself in a very interesting crossfire of commentary often, yes. you know, and it's like, I wasn't even trying to, I wasn't trying to write a self-help book with balance me. Um, some people got it. Some people don't. I mean, now here's the thing. It's, it's funny because I have a very blunt and uh, uh, candid way about me. And, you know, like on the very first page of balance me, I, I basically make a couple statements and say, look, if you're not willing to admit that you're the biggest problem that, that you have, then I'm probably not going to be able to help you. Mm. And, you know, my, my, my delivery is so, is so, is so forward in some regards, some people don't take that that well. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, so it, when you're, when you're putting yourself out there and you're creating content, all right. So at some point the got milk campaign, someone sat in a marketing uh, meeting for whoever the milk producers or whatever, whoever, whoever actually did that. And they said, this is stupid. Got milk. <laughs> this is dumb, you know, and it ended up being probably one of the, the most memorable marketing campaigns and differentiators. Cause you like, like legitimately think about that. How do you separate milk? Yeah. You know, there's a zillion people that make it. And the next thing you know, you have famous people with milk mustaches and stuff like that. And it maintained its simplicity. So, you know, there's a lot. So, so anyway, kudos to you uh, on that and, and standing out in that market. All right. Thank so you. what else are we missing here? I, I know that 
that you know some of the stuff is is the, I, I there's a zillion different ways to d- differentiate some of them are good some of them are bad what else have you encountered that's good yeah well i mean i'll, I'll give you pre- credit like with that disqualifier that you gave people that is a version of standing out in the sense that um and this this is going to sound almost like cheesy like yeah we kind of know this but people don't really understand respect for your customer and what I mean by that is like you're respecting them enough to be like, listen, you're going to like this or not. I'm not going to talk down to you. I'm not going to condescend to you. I'm going to tell you what I think. And it's based on information that works. And it's it's up to you if you want to implement it. Now, me, I wasn't so um, like hard line in my book, but I, it does carry an energy. And I have a, another product that goes in the end where I, I repeatedly tell people, I'm your guide, but you're the boss. Meaning I'm not some guru. I'm not going to pretend to be a guru. I'm not going to talk down to you. What I'm going to do is I'm going to tell you what's worked for me based on my experience. And I'm going to articulate it in a way that you can try out for yourself. Nothing more, nothing less. Because I recognize you, the customer, not as lower than me, but as my equal. I have this respect for you. And that intent, that mindset will bleed out into your marketing message. It'll bleed out into the way you communicate. It'll bleed out into the choices you make. Again, like even me, not not that anyone that holds a Facebook group is a guru or they're trying to condescend. But for me, I can't even enter that headspace because I don't want to supervise or babysit people posting links or doing things they're not supposed to. I'm like, listen, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to go in other groups where everyone's kind of like behaving on the same level. And I'm going to post on YouTube. But really, I'm just like you. My message is I'm just like you. The one difference between me and you in this specific category is that I figured X, Y, and Z. And the good news about X, Y, and Z is you can try it for yourself. And this translates to weight loss. This translates to consulting. This translates to dating advice. This translates to all these things where um, personally, sometimes this is a stylistic thing. I mean, people are successful doing it. But I hate the dating coaches that just tell you how how you're doing things wrong. I'm like, listen, that's not really teaching anything. Identify something that I did right or that someone did right so that I can repeat it so I can model it. Don't tell me everything I'm doing wrong because it only helps to a certain level. So it all comes down to that respect of actually trying to help people, try to give value uh, and just respecting and, and giving them giving them the space that they need to use your product or service to the best of their ability. Sure. And those, I mean, those are all, they'll say the devil is in the details. And Mm -hmm. I mean, that's a lot of it. I mean, I think another thing, you know, as you mentioned and kind of beginning to recap this, I mean, quality matters. Um, Mm -hmm. I I was so fin, I'm so finicky about quality. It's kind of a, kind of a joke at the full scale startup hustle office because, you know, like, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll reject and delay stuff for infinity um, until, until we get it right. Cause the thing is, is, you know, uh, you see, you, I've seen a lot of, and I'm not going to get too specific here, but everyone's seen something that was once associated with quality then become very watered down. And it, and you know, that, that brand reputation and consistency is key. Um, you know, when it comes to, to, you know, a lot of people are differentiating themselves now by the creation of content. I mean, that's the, this podcast is on some levels an attempt to differentiate. Uh, we talk to people all the time at full, or I do at full scale that, uh, you know, by the time we get to talking to them, they well, I feel like I already know you. I've been less, I've listened to several episodes of your podcast it also is a value added proposition and, and it's unique selling in the regards that 
you know, I can tell a potential client, I can say, look, I sit down and talk about this stuff all day. And I said, sometimes, and sometimes it's on a podcast, you know, because <laughs> it's, it's that conversation that occurs. Like the podcast is often a break from that in some regards. Um, you know, I think the honesty in your messaging is key. Uh, if, if at any point, uh, the listener begins to distrust you or the viewer or who or the purchaser or the client, uh, it is a very, very uphill climb on the way back to where you need and want to be. Um, you know, overall, some of this is easily, I mentioned earlier about delaying things often. It's about having brand standards. Um, you should, especially if your company is, is more than just a couple people, you're going to need to establish these brand standards. Cause, and I go through that cause, you know, we have 200 employees and a bunch of them are like, well, I, I, I let me onto social media. Mm -hmm. let, let me let, make me an admin or let me give me access. And I said, well, you need to show me you have a plan. And, uh, and with that, you know, we have carefully stated brand standards, which often are very simple. They sometimes are like, you use this color code for your green or, or different stuff. Um, also other things like, for example, we don't talk about religion, sex, or politics. Because right. we are not in the business of religion, sex, or politics. So we stand nothing to gain by providing our own personal commentary about that. I mean, now, if you want to make yourself stand out in a bad way during an election year, I'm watching people I know, maybe inadvertently, maybe, I don't think they're doing it on purpose, but they are, regardless of what side of the aisle their opinions on, I'm watching people literally destroy their credibility with other people that just don't share the same values that they have. And I'm, that's not, I mean, that's not related to the way anybody feels, but if you're in, you, you would be very hard pressed to get my opinions on a lot of stuff out in the wild like that, because I realize that they're mine and it's the way I feel, it's the way I view things and it's not up to me to impress those. So I think one of the ways, like I said, you can differentiate yourself in bad ways too. And you see a lot of that going on right now. Um, I mean, it's, oh man, it's just loaded up. The machine gun of, of, of bad branding uh, ha is the clip is loaded between an election year, COVID-19, uh, <laughs> other forms of racial and social unrest. It's like, fuck, where do you want to, it's like, you know, walking through a, 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 a minefield. So, really? you know, remember the, the differentiation, it swing, that needle swings both ways. Have you seen some instances of people, uh, destroying their own credibility? Yeah, I mean, I see on Facebook all the time. And the funny thing is, the people that I don't believe with, agree with politically, I view them, view them as idiots. And I wonder myself, how many, how many other people view them as idiots? And it has nothing to do with their business. Like me, I, I like to think that I'm intelligent. And I've given the whole political situation and 2020 situation a lot of thought. But you're not going to hear that about about that for me on Facebook, certainly not in my emails to my law of attraction readers, because that's not what they're expecting. Even whether if they agree with it, I haven't gained any ground. And if they disagree with it, I've lost ground. It's just not the format. And again, differentiating yourself is kind of like, you know, making sure that you know what your business is and simultaneously acting as if you've got one follower and a million followers. 
One in the sense that you always want to have a personal connection in everything that you do. A million in the sense that you want to keep your standards as high as possible, which doesn't mean that you don't ship. I mean, if your microphone sucks, you get a new one. But until you get a new one, at least use the microphone for your podcast episodes or your YouTube videos. Like, Keep getting better and better and better, but always try to hold yourself up to the best possible standard that you can be in that moment while simultaneously trying to communicate to one person at a time on a very personal level because that counterbalance keeps you on a high level um, dynamically. You're, you're really cutting across a lot of stuff because, again, I, I know like a lot of what I said today has been theory. It hasn't been as tactical. But these philosophies carry through in terms of auto-correcting a lot of behavior that you don't even realize you have to fix, that you won't even realize you have fixed when you do this. Again, it comes down to your thing about the, the bands. You could just as easily tell somebody, oh, who's going to win in a fight, you know, Superman or Thor? It's again, it becomes a thing like I might, use, like, I might use that today. That's well, a good, that's a good one. I may yeah, use that. And because but, but, <laughs> that, but that, what I, what I, that's a person you're building your personal brand mm -hmm. when you have people under your flag, have under your name, under your post, having commentary about that. Oh, for I sure. mean, that's not, that's not just theoretical. I mean, that is real. So. And, and the cool thing is just like the band, just like this, it links up to somebody having a personal deep feeling of opinion that they didn't even realize resonated so strongly. You could also be like, who's the better Batman, Michael Keaton or Christian Bale? Um, you know, if you want to get political, obviously that can open up a Pandora's box, but there's very easy ways of doing that. But it comes down to like really just identifying the fact that people feel people have opinions, people care in ways that they're not even willing to admit. And when you can embrace that and you can redirect that in a way that serves them through your product or service, it becomes a win-win because they're getting what they want and you're increasing your ability to have an impact, which then brings more money, which then helps more people, impact people, impact people. It's a self-perpetuating growing thing and it avalanches for you. Once again with me today, Andrew Kaplan, pen name, Andrew Cap, and that's with a K. So. You are, you can go check out his podcast. It's shatter the mold podcast. I like the idea of shattering molds, by the way. Thank you. Um, you can also check out his book, the last law of attraction book you'll ever need to read currently number one on Amazon. And by the way, that's tough to get and stay there. Uh, Amazon rankings are velocity based. Uh, so you can get to number one, staying there is a completely different thing. Now, as I mentioned, it's about time for the Founders Freestyle. But before we get into that, I want to let you know and also say thanks to Tesseract Ventures for sponsoring today's episode of Startup Hustle. Tesseract has brought Silicon Valley level innovation to the Midwest, which is where I'm at here in Kansas City. Uh, they're enabling businesses just like yours to defy the boundaries of space and time through the next generation technologies they build, visit tesseractventures.io or click the link in the show notes. I mentioned earlier, they make some really cool stuff, make some really fun robots. And uh, they have a new product they announced recently called Prism, which they use to, it, it's, it, to help track people that are on construction sites. And you talk about interesting problems you weren't aware people were solving. Apparently, if you're building, and it made so much sense after the founder told me about it, uh, if you're building a 15-story building and you're trying to find Andrew Cap and where he's at on the construction site, that's a lot of space. That's a lot of <laughs> that's a lot of everything. Uh, so not only from safety regulations to a whole lot of other stuff, doing some really cool stuff. So 
uh, very proud to have that company here in our hometown and in the Midwest. Um, now we, as promised, end episodes of Startup Hustle with the Founders Freestyle and going to give you the mic and give you uh, a, a brief amount of time to sum up anything that you have said or maybe forgot to say. So I'll just let you go ahead. Go ahead, Andrew. Awesome. Well, two parts. One, props to you, Matt, for having me on and people will be interested to know that regardless of when this publishes, in the month of September, Matt's going to be on my podcast and he dropped unbelievable bombs of knowledge, which was awesome. Um, and the only thing I want to leave is with is just understand, again, just to repeat what I've said, if you can really dig into what the human experience is about what's going to get people's emotions going, whether it's love, hate, fear, desire, greed, jealousy, hope, whatever it might be, obviously, I always recommend leaning on the positive. But when you understand that and when you're thinking from that perspective, you automatically will come up with ideas to differentiate yourself in ways that you never could have imagined. And I know... I'm saying that and you're like, eh, yeah, whatever. Trust me, when you try it and then you get that awesome bomb of an idea out of the blue, you're going to understand what I meant and you're going to use that to make yourself a lot of impact. And I can't wait to see what comes of it. Yeah. And, you know, and once again, Andrew Cap, check out his podcast, check out his books. There's some links in the show notes. Um, and congrats for differentiating yourself. I mean, uh, you know, I've said in the past that uh, taking a cowardly approach to entrepreneurship is not a bad idea, meaning like don't take on the giants and be brave. Um, I mean, obviously a book, the the book that dominated your space, The Secret, was pretty well known. It had a movie come out and a lot of different stuff. So uh, you were brave and took that on and have done so successfully. So congrats and kudos there. I mean, overall, when it comes to differentiation, you need to be aware that it needs to exist. And um, you know, it's, I, I mentioned it during the show that I believe that unique ideas may have been exhausted years ago. Um, Hey, it's America people. You don't have to have the idea. You got to do it better, faster, or cheaper. Mm -hmm. And those are, those are forms of differentiation in themselves. I think when it comes to creating your message overall, um, you know, you've got to try and keep it simple as well. You got to understand that people that we're in a scrolling culture. And when I say scrolling, look down at your phone, look down, look at your browser, any of that. And, you know, that's where it, it needs to occur. And, um, you know, so is your message, I, I say, think of it in terms of flashcards. If you saw the message that you're trying to get someone to, you know, receive, could you, is that easily absorbed in the flash of a card? Boom. Boom. And if, and try it, you know, put it on a phone, uh, put it on a browser, put it somewhere and show it to a couple people, give them two seconds to look at it and say, what did you come away from that with? And, you know, two seconds doesn't sound like a lot for some people. It sounds like an eternity. It just depends on where you're at. But if you can't show your cover, your packaging, any of that stuff, um, any of that stuff and get it, you know, get that message across in two seconds and have it received, you're probably not differentiating yourself for much. So with all of that in mind, man, I got to go. I got to get back to differentiating my own product, my own business. So I'll see you next time. Mm -hmm. 
Startup Hustle is brought to you by Fullscale.io, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. Make sure you reach down and hit that subscribe button, then come find us on Instagram. See you next time. Like we do it.